Welcome to the Bookworthy Podcast. I'm children's author Valerie Fentress, and we are here to talk about kid lit that's good for your kids' hearts and souls. Kid lit ranges from ages birth to teens, so there's a lot of shelf space to cover. Today, we're talking with Lori Z. Scott, the author of the young adult suspense books Inside the Ten Foot Line and her newest book, Offsides. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. I'm so happy to see you again. I know. I miss you from our time in Florida. So we'll have to make a way to find each other since we're both in the Texas area. (laughs) Yeah. And Valerie has been very, very creative with all the stuff she does. Love it. Thank you. You're so sweet. We are both two creative minds. So that's been fun to share all the little, what, uh, cloud pictures and (laughs) what you recently sent something about puddles and stuff. It's, it's been lots of fun. Yeah, we're playing. It's all about playing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, to start things off, Lori, we must answer the pending question of the week. Will Pink Punxsutawney Phil say six more weeks of winter or an early spring? You know, it doesn't matter to me because that day is my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Joy. <laughs> and so rain or shine, it's always going to be a sunny day for me. Uh, too fun. Now, do you prefer winter or are you more a spring person? I am definitely a spring person. I do not like being cold and I'm a horrible driver. So anything that involves <laughs> snow or ice is a hazard for the entire nation <laughs> when I'm behind the wheel. <laughs> well, you grew up north, so you, you're living oh, out down here in the south. I'm driving in snow. No, I just <laughs> lay it on the horn and just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> too funny was it my husband grew up in Colorado in Iowa and was it he got to experience snow before driving and so it wasn't quite as chaotic and so he says he never learned to drive in the snow though he loved it <laughs> so but what down here in Texas it's ice we have to worry about right yes yes <laughs> so and interstates and oh, potholes yes. and actual drivers themselves <laughs> this is true <laughs> it's a jungle out there on the roads, right? No matter probably whatever state you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Too fun. Well, you have, back in October, you released a book called Offsides, which is a young adult Christian suspense book, which has a focus on soccer. Now, are you a soccer player? My children were soccer players. When I was growing up, we did not have soccer as a sport. So I consider myself a volleyball player, basketball player, track, swimming, but not soccer. Uh, It didn't matter, though, because I experienced quite a bit of soccer as a soccer mom. (laughs) It's Yes, you see a lot of different sides of soccer as a soccer mom, for sure. And my roommate (laughs) in college was a soccer player. They did have soccer there. Away, fun. Now, um, with Inside the Foot, Ten Foot Line, that was volleyball was the focus of that book. And then soccer is the focus of offsides. So I'd say so- sports are very, something you're very comfortable with and something you really enjoy. What's been your best, I guess, sports experience or most memorable? Oh, goodness. Um, I kind of like all the sports very much. I just like the competition, the adrenaline, the suspense that runs through. I even enjoy the practices, the grueling practices, because there's just something about perfecting a skill and getting it going. But probably my most memorable, and don't laugh, are the 
casual games that I had with my dad. He's a professor at Purdue University. And at noon, sometimes when both of us were available, I would go and play with him. And it was kind of funny because we'd set each other up and pepper and all those kinds of things. And we actually played in some tournaments together. And, um, you know, the whole family's athletic. My oldest sister was a national level swimmer um, champ. We had cheerleading in the family. We had gymnastics. And so, but, but just being with family, especially my dad, gosh, it makes me want to cry. Um, those are the most precious memories of all. Those does do sound wonderful. It's neat how those simple moments are the most meaningful. It's not so much about the complex, you know, everything's planned out to the nth degree. It's just whatever comes natural that kids remember the most. And I love that for you. It seems like a very sweet memory. Now in Offsides, your main character, Danny, she encounters a sex trafficking ring. Why did you feel this is an important topic for teens to read about? Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit of background behind where that came from. Sure. Um, actually, in Game Press, uh, after I wrote Inside the Ten Foot Line, they asked me to write the second book in the series. Um, and I would say that both of these, even though they are soccer based, they reach a broader audience. Like you don't have to be a volleyball player or a soccer player to enjoy them. It's sort of like, well, at least in offsides, it's sort of like the good girl's guide to murder on a soccer <laughs> on a soccer field. Right. Um, but you know, I, I had submitted, um, a plot for book two and they came back and they said, look, we have another story that we're going to be publishing soon that has a very similar plot. So we need you to go a different direction. And I actually took the problem to my critique group, just a wonderful group of girls. And I'm like, okay, um, I have a couple ideas, threw a couple things out. And one of the girls there, her name's Gail. She works at her church at a program that helps victims of human trafficking recover. And she looked at me and she said, Lori, I think you need to write about a tough topic. I think you need to write about human trafficking. And I thought about it and I looked at her and I said, no, <laughs> no, this is a horrible thing. This is young adult. I would have to do research. It's going to be horrible research. I can't stomach the topic. I just no. And then, you know, recently in Texas, we had that girl that went to a sporting game in mm -hmm. Dallas and she was taken from the restrooms and she was trafficked, um, sexual trafficked and her parents, um, helped hunt her down and they found her online. Um, you know, like 10 days later, sorry, it just makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the first time I'd come into something like that. When I lived in Indiana, one of our professor's daughters, the same thing, she was trapped. And I'm like, you know what? I need to take another look at this. You know, it's one of those things where God tells me to do something. And I say, no, <laughs> not going to do it. And he keeps bringing it and he keeps bringing it. So he kept bringing it back to me. And finally, I said, despite all the no's that I have in my life, I can say yes. Like, yes, I don't know enough about it, but I can learn. And, and yes, the research is horrifying, 
but there's also hope because there's organizations out there that are working with people that are recovering from trafficking. And no, it's not a topic that's easy for young adults or anyone to look at, but yes, we need to know because that's the age group that's being targeted. And yes, it can be done in an age appropriate way. And so I just, I, I just dove in after that, did the research, um, got in contact with a couple of local um, missions. One, one I hope to donate some of the proceeds to is Unbound Now, and they have a, tra- a chapter in Dallas, Texas. So I just, um, the story just kind of took off and it ended up being so incredible. Like when, when my parents read it, they're, they're my editors, that my dad, who's a huge volleyball fan was like, I like this even better than your volleyball one. And my editors read it and they were like, wow, you know, I didn't see that coming. This is a great message. And so it was very affirming to me. Now, go forward about a year, and we start having things coming out, like, all around this release, Um, The Sound of Freedom being released right before the book comes out. And I see more and more awareness in the news, maybe just because I I was more aware of what was going on, but it seems that, that God's timing on this was something that I could never have anticipated or planned. So I'm, I'm actually not sure if I answered your question. I feel like I kind of went a roundabout way, but that's how I got on the topic. It wasn't one of choice. It was one mm-hmm. where, um, you know, it was like, do this. And it was like, yes, I will. And it ended up being a very, very good thing, I think. It's one of those things God does a good job of pushing us out of comfort zones. Yes. Because he sees bigger picture than we do. And it's not always easy to make that jump. But when we do, God is faithful to use it for great things. And it's one of those I have, my oldest is now a teenager and it's girls are coming into the picture. And so it's kind of one of those, we got to talk about this a little bit. And, you know, you know, my kids like their independence. They like to go and do things. It's like, I love that you're independent, but you need to be aware of the dangers that are out there, not to increase anxiety or to, you know, make you stay inside, but just to be aware of what's going on in our world, not just for the missions that are happening and around our country, but to know that they need to protect themselves, that they need to take, be aware of their surroundings, be aware who they're with, always have a buddy system. And I think that's really important for young adults who desire independence, want to do things on their own, to be able to see that, yes, I still need to take care of myself and protect myself and be, you know, while being independent. Um, Now I will add one more thing. There are some tips at the back of the book as well, you know, things to look out for, uh, numbers that you can call to find out Mm -hmm. more if you need it. So there's a little bit of resource added. That's awesome. Now, um, what is it with, uh, dealing with such a topic, this is a, what is it, uh, for the Christian market. So how is faith woven into uh, this storyline? Okay. Good question. I um, I find that no matter what I write, whether it's for a general market or for a Christian market, 
just because of who I am and what I believe, there's always going to be that element of hope and faith. In this particular one, um, and I was involved in this in high school, we had Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And um, so I couldn't use that name, but we do have a similar organization or club at the school that public high school that Danny goes to. And she's a member of that. And it's after this um, crisis that they experience uh, uh, the news report that comes out that they, the leader of that organization talks just a little bit about it. She also makes friends um, with a boy who always has a verse for her that he sends to encourage her before each game. And it seems like, well, you're just putting that in for the Christian element. It actually ends up being crucial to how the plot turns um, later in the story. So there is a Christian element there. There's that idea, though, still. Like, I feel like a general market person could read this and not feel overwhelmed like I'm preaching to them because it's not that way at all. Um, I was a Christian growing up in a public school. And so I know, I mean, you live your faith through your actions and (laughs) then sometimes you use your words to talk to other people, but it's usually through your actions that they will see and notice and um, ask questions. And so that's the way the main character is also in the book. Very neat. And speaking of public school, you're also a teacher. I am. Right? Yes, so you I teach know. in the public school space also. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what grade are you teaching currently? Well, this year I'm currently teaching second grade math. Ha <laughs> 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 But I have taught all the grades, kindergarten through fifth, in all the subjects, um, reading, writing, science, social studies. Pretty much I do whatever it is that nobody else wants to do because <laughs> it's just kind of fun and I like a challenge. Yeah. I mean, math would definitely be a challenge for me, even second grade math, because I think, what is it? Second grade math is closer to fourth grade math or what fourth grade math (laughs) was when I was in school. (laughs) So Ah. it's like, wow, we're asking multiplication of second graders now. (laughs) (laughs) As an artist, it's a matter of pattern and being able to think outside the box a lot of times. I think you'd do better than you give yourself credit. You might be right. There's every once in a while I'll solve a problem that I'm like surprise myself, but it is about patterns and understanding things. I've got a kiddo that's jumping into algebra now and it's like, Hey bud, this is just a different way of thinking about math. And he's kind of like, once he got that understanding, he was like, Oh, okay. I can think differently about math. I'm like, okay, yes, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Too fun. What is your favorite thing about being a teacher, Lori? The kids. Definitely the kids. Um, I think they'll learn in spite of me uh, as long as they know that they're loved and cherished. That's my most important role is to let them know Mm. that they are seen, they're heard, and that they are loved. Oh, that is, I mean, that's a perfect message for the heart behind most teachers that I know in my kids' life is just they've done an amazing job of loving on my kids and seeing them for who they are. And those are the teachers that always get remembered many years down the line. And they're like, I remember when 
Miss <laughs> Scott told me this and, you know, it inspired me to become something else. So I think there's a quote out there that says that you can be a astronaut, a politician, a um, doctor, but a teacher makes them all. Uh, just, just the influence that teachers have on uh, our lives. So that is an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> now, um, what is your hope to communicate to um, the kiddos that read your book, Offsides? Well, first of all, I want them to enjoy it. Um, just like I have a hard time keeping my faith out of anything I write, I also have a hard time keeping humor out of anything that I write. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> okay, so they asked me to do a romance. I don't write romance. I don't for an anthology. I'm like, okay, I like the challenge. I will write romance. It's almost more of a comedy if you read the anthology. So in Inside the Ten Foot Line, there's a lot of humor. In this one, even though the topic is very, very heavy, there's a lot of humor. And it's mostly at the front side of the book because those heavier things don't come until later. Um, but, but it's there. And I think that's important. But the real message, again, I think that I'm going back to is just to raise awareness that this is a problem, that mm -hmm. even if you personally are not affected by it, the people around you might be. And, you know, there's a symbol for, you know, like I'm trapped and, mm -hmm. and I need help. You can be aware of that. Um, and you can look for people signaling for that. And even, I mean, we always think, I always think like sex trafficking, but human trafficking is a real thing too, where you have uh, children that are doing labor. It's just, a, it's a huge problem. And we are often blissfully unaware because it's a hard, uncomfortable topic. So we don't want to think about it as if mm -hmm. we don't think about it, then it doesn't exist. And we need to be aware. We need to know that it does exist and that we can be part of the solution. I love that. You know, what is it when I've seen the, the hand symbol and a few videos here and there, it's like, I had never heard of that. And I'm like, wow, that's such a simple sign that can totally save a life. And it's kind of one of those being more aware of our surroundings and picking up on cues of, you know, what is it? We're so focused on our phones a lot of the time that we don't look around and mm -hmm. to see what's going on, but to be aware. And I think that that's both important for us as parents and adults and also for uh, teens to be aware of also, because there's amazing things we can do when we uh, step out of that comfort zone and uh, step into something that is meant to help someone else. So... I love the message of the book and that you are bringing, you know, light to this hard topic for teenagers. Cause again, like you said, they are the, tar you know, they're kind of in that target market range for those, you know, human and sex traffickers. And it's heartbreaking, but important for them to know about it too. Now, did you always want to be an author, Lori? <laughs> Well, I always wanted to be a cartoonist, but I had two problems with that. One, I wasn't funny enough. And number two, I wasn't a good enough artist. Um, but I did enjoy writing. Lies. Those are lies. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I actually had like a brief stint with an online cartoon called Night, K-N-I-G-H-T, in Days, D-A-Z-E. No, just wasn't funny. Wasn't good. Um, but no, it was, I always say that I um, accidentally wrote a 10 book bestselling series. And then on you purpose, did. yes. And then on purpose, I wrote over 200 other publications and things like that. Um, that is a longer story if you want to hear how I got into that. <laughs> but I don't know how much time you have. We may not have enough time for that story, but I, I do love that you have written for so many different age ranges and your Megan Rose series was, I think, is that for ages kind of eight to 12? Um, that it was for the K1 and two crowd. It was sort of like a Christian okay. version of Junie B. Jones. That's right. And that that's fun. And your humor does come out in there a lot. You're funnier than you think you are. <laughs> I'm okay when I have a delete button. Oh, well, editors so. help. Yes. <laughs> well, Lori, what was the, what has been the most inspirational book in your life other than the Bible? Whew. Well, darn, you, you pulled my big one. Inspirational. So like most impactful. Yes. And I think you have to be careful of that because I, I have a lot of favorite books, but when you talk about most impactful then that's, that's different because it's not something that you really enjoy because like my all-time favorite enjoyment would be The Hobbit. That was just like, oh, my world changed with The Hobbit. But that wasn't impactful. I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, I would probably say, um, well, The Chronicles of Narnia. And here's why. Now, don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm not laughing. I'm there joining are, in. Yes, Lewis is able to plant so many nuggets of truth in the story that they're just there. And, and so when you think about the impact that it has, like I can read that book in a public school setting and it it's fine. In fact, that's what I did my first couple of years as I read that and the kids enjoyed it a lot. Um, but I remember things like Lucy, um, with her siblings trying to go someplace. And she's like, I think we should go this way. I, I think Aslan wants us to go this way. And they're like, no, no, it's going to be too difficult. We're going to go this way. And so she relents, even though she knows she should go this one way because that's where Aslan's leading her. She relents and she goes with her siblings and it ends up being a complete disaster. And later in the book, she meets up with Aslan and she's like, what would have happened if I had gone the direction that you were leading me? And his response was something like, you know, we will never know. You, you, you just have to go find where you're at right now and go from here. And that's a mm -hmm. great lesson for us as adults too. Like we think, oh, if only I had gone this way, if only I hadn't done this thing, or if I had chosen to do this or talk to this person because God was nudging me to do it. And I ignored that nudge. That's me all the time. I ignored nudges when I shouldn't. And I wonder what would have happened if, well, we'll meet up with Aslan again, but it would be a different path and it might not have the same blessings had we followed in the first place. And those are the kind of wisdom nuggets that I get from the Chronicles of Narnia that make me really appreciate it. I think that's what C.S. Lewis did such a mad, magnificent job of doing is weaving these truths that our hearts need into the story without being overbearingly preachy or, you know, wow. cause he's got, 
a series of books that is very preachy, very theology driven, but I don't know, he did a masterful job of just weaving in faith and those those truths that we need to hear that, you know, it doesn't matter which path we choose, God's going going to use whichever direction we go. And all those wonderful truths, like, what is it? Is a lion safe? It's like, no, the lion's not safe, but he's good. And so it's yeah. kind of just. What a remarkable truth that is. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's, it's one of those just deep truths that you're like, God is powerful, you know, to the ends of the earth and beyond, but he's so good that that trumps you just, you know, everything else. And so you've hit on my favorite, most inspirational book too, because those are, that's definitely one of my favorites and really? I've read it so many times. <laughs> well, Miss Lori, what can we expect next from you? Um, well, hopefully I'll have another book in that sports series, but 2024, this book is not about monsters. Hopefully, hopefully there's no delays on that. My first picture book for the general market. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's but it's not about monsters, right? No, it's not about monsters. It's about friendship. <laughs> Uh, too fun. Well, that sounds delightful. And I can't wait. I've seen a lot of your uh, cartoony uh, drawings that you've done of monsters and all kinds of things. So I know you're not the illustrator for your book, but I think you could have been. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. Well, you can visit my website, um, which is always under construction uh, at lori-z-scott.com. I would say right now, if you want to contact me, DM me through social media at Instagram. You can find me at stories by Lori. And um, I'm also on TikTok, Lori Z. Scott. But I, I just post. I don't interact there. So if you want to interact, it's got to be on Instagram. Um, gotcha. You can find my books on Amazon or you can go to Ingame Press their website. They have books there, christianbooks.com, Barnes and Noble. You can ask in the libraries. They probably won't have it, but maybe they'll get it if you ask. Very true. Can't forget about those libraries. Yeah. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us more about your books and yourself. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was great to be here. My pleasure. And thank you for joining Lori and me on this episode of the Bookworthy Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for any books or links that we discussed and let us know in the comments if you think we'll have six more weeks of winter or an early spring. Then hit the like and subscribe button to help us discover more great books together. Happy reading.